0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras. Today is going to be a little bit different. Um, we had some technical complications when we brought on Jennifer Eakins from 4 for 4. So for the first 10 minutes or so, about nine or 10 minutes, um, and my voice is not heard, which is fine because nobody needs to hear my voice any more than they already do. But in the meantime, Jennifer is going to talk about what it takes to break into the industry as a female, what it takes to break in in general, after that, about the 10-minute mark, I jump back in and we're going to talk about some of her favorite players for 2020, why kickers matter specifically, and some general fantasy football philosophy that you can chew on. So, hope you enjoy this one. Please forgive me for the technical difficulties, but that's it. Hope you enjoy.
1: doing fabulous. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, No, I am 100% at 444, four, both in front of and behind the camera. <laughs> um, it's awesome. I, I absolutely love it. I love uh, everything about it, honestly. Everyone has, has become family. This will be my fifth season, so I've been there quite a while. Um, how did I start? Well, um, as, as far as 444 four goes... I, you know, honestly, I slid into Josh's DMs and uh, asked him if he wanted to hire me. <laughs> and he did. I mean, it was that simple. I know it's crazy. Um, I, you know, I had been in the sports world for over, for basically a decade, not fantasy wise, but I had been in the sports world. I, I worked, well, basically out of college, I got an internship at CNN Sports which I then parlayed into a job with the Atlanta Hawks because they're, you know, they're all Ted Turner, same company. So I did that and I worked for the Olympics and then I moved out to Colorado. I worked for the Rockies. I was really fortunate. I had all kinds of different amazing experiences um, in the sports realm. And then I got super burnout because it's really difficult. And especially at that time, you know, I'm old. So at that time there was no internet. I'm embarrassed to even say that, but it was before that. So it was, you know, your your options were if you wanted to be in the sports realm, you could work at Sports Illustrated or you could work for your local paper. You know, that was pretty much it. And so it, it was it was yeah, and it was so cutthroat and it was so hard. Um, I don't know, you know, being a woman obviously adds an extra little layer to that. So I got super burnt out and I did a bunch of other things for a while, and then I kind of came back and was covering the Broncos actually for Bleacher Report for a while. And then I just kind of started to dip my toes into fantasy. I mean, i have been playing fantasy for a long time as a player, but I kind of dipped my toes into, hey, I wonder if I could actually, you know, write this instead of just play. And yeah, I just kind of hit up job I became friends with him on Twitter and I just kind of hit him up and he took a chance on me, thankfully. And my role has grown and grown each each season. And now I'm, I'm senior editor and writer. And it's, you know, it's a blast. I absolutely can say that I have a dream job. It's interesting because... My experience is probably uncommon to others. You know, I read a lot of stories and I know a lot of women that have different experiences. I actually am fortunate. I really haven't had a ton of that horrible, you know, people telling you no over and over and you know, the dirty side of it, you know, as we saw with, you know, Bobby Sylvester last week, all of that stuff, you know, the DMs. And I don't know if it's because I'm a little bit older than everyone else. And I started a little later. And so, you know, I'm old and married. So no one's, you know, no one's hitting me up for anything like that. But I think, no, seriously. I mean, I I know, but you know what I mean? Like you see that stuff and I'm like, thank God I I I don't, I'm not really, I don't get that. You know, people don't, Don't hit me up for that kind of stuff, which is fantastic. And I will say the majority of people, you know, on Twitter and and 4 for 4 subscribers and all that are are kind to me. I really have not gotten a lot of that, like, you're a woman, go back to the kitchen. I mean, I see it. I see people retweet it and I see it out there. I personally haven't gotten that. Um, But backing up as far as like into the sports in general, it's funny because I grew up in a situation that was very sports oriented. So my parents were original. I grew up in Miami. My parents were original season ticket holders with the Dolphins, like 1964 or five. Whenever the, you know they got the expansion, my parents were there. So I grew up from the womb. You know, every single home game, it was a huge part of my life. My cousins, aunts, uncles, friends, everybody watched sports and everybody was into sports. I didn't realize that women weren't that. That wasn't common. I mean, I like no joke did not realize that until I got to college, and all of a sudden I had all these friends. I'm like, wait it's Sunday. Like, what do you mean you want to go to the movies or you want to go, you know, shopping? Like we're watching the football game. It, it was weird. It was like, wait a minute. Not every woman does this. Like it was a strange. It just, and I never, I don't know. My parents always support, I always wanted to work in sports. You know, my dream as a kid, I wanted to work for the NFL. It was always supported. It just was never something that was like, oh, you're a woman. You can't do that. You know? And I hear all these stories of women that were, you know, shot down at an early age and, you know, you can't do that, this, that. I just never had that. I mean, my path was kind of there and and I just, I always pursued it. And I, I don't know that I didn't get jobs or this and that because I was a woman. I never really felt that way. I mean, I'm sure it probably happened, you know, and I didn't realize it, but it was never like no to my face, like you're not hot enough or you're, you know, and I know plenty of women that have had that happen. But for me, I think, I don't know, somehow it just, I was fortunate. I'm one of the fortunate ones that I didn't really have that feeling. You know, I always felt supported by, you know, whether it was employers, my, my family, my friends, whoever, no one really told me I couldn't do it. And, you know, I think that's great. But I guess at the time I didn't realize that that wasn't the norm. And I will say it has been like, while I haven't had that experience, I will say it has been a little frustrating seeing a lot of these new startups that have come in the last couple of years and they're hiring a full staff and none of them are women. It's, to- it's disappointing. I mean, I personally am, am very happy with my job, so I'm never out there looking. But I know a lot of people that are, and, and that part really kind of stinks. So we all do know that it is. Um, as far as my advice, honestly, I think a lot of, and this can go really for men or women, I mean, just be authentic. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of people in this industry feel like you have to create a brand And I feel like, yes, that does help people that, how you know, you pick a lane and you kind of go, but I think it has to happen organically. And I think a lot of people try to force a brand, like I'm the first person on this guy and they just hype it and hype it and hype it. And to me, it gets, it gets really old. It's kind of exhausting when you see, you know, similar, the same people tweet the same thing over and over about guys that they've decided are their guys, you know? And I feel like to be a little more well-rounded in the industry and then also, Develop your brand organically at the same time. I mean, that's a weird balance, but I feel like it can be done, and I feel like that's kind of what I did. I mean, I definitely didn't come in, you know, to this realm thinking, okay, I'm gonna, you know, specialize in kickers and I'm gonna specialize in tight ends, and it's kind of where I ended up. And and you know, it happened organically, and and of course, I, I feel like I, I'm knowledgeable in everything, but at the same time, you know, you kind of create a focus that, like I said, it happens more organically and more authentically, and I think that's. You know, I think that's really advice for both genders, you know, but I think for females it, one of the problems is a lot of and it, and it's a stigma that's happened for, you know, decades is where people don't take you seriously and and the fact that you can actually know what you're talking about seriously. So I think the more you are authentic about what you're saying and don't just try to like hammer the same thing over and over, I think I don't know, but it is exciting that there are a lot of females coming up in the industry. There's a lot more than there were a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. So that part is pretty exciting. really is the best piece of advice I can have. I think that a lot of people kind of get into the business and see other people that have their specific thing, you know, whether they're the zero zero RB guy, the late round quarter, you know, and they they want to attach themselves to something. And I think it needs to, you know, just happen organically. And and I think if you're just authentic in in your takes and, and what you're, you know, and you just continue to put content out there, you know, it will develop and... I think hard work, you know, the grind always pays off. I think that's kind of my, my advice really for, for, you know, males and females. You know, I think females do have to work a little harder because I think a lot of times people don't take their knowledge seriously. I don't know. Somehow along the way, you know, it, it became, you know, if you have boobs and estrogen, you can't talk sports. And I think that's crazy. And, you know, there's a Which lot of Which is stupid. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that were, you know – have been have been raised or whatever to think that just because you haven't played means you can't understand it, which is ridiculous as well.
0: Ridiculous on so many levels, because sorry, I didn't want to make a point there. I'll I'll finish. Uh, It's so funny when, you know, you get these dudes that are criticizing women for not oh you never played the game at that level. Dude, I talk about football. I didn't I played high school football in in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, where the competition was probably literally like bottom third of the entire country. And yet I'm, I'm quote unquote qualified to talk about football in any way. No, like you don't have to like just like an OBG because a dude is an OBGYN doesn't mean that they can't deliver my wife's baby. Right. I mean, exactly. It's the, in same, any, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing.
1: Yeah. You study something, you learn something, you know, and it's funny for me, people always ask me like, how did you learn football? And it's the funny thing is I have no recollection of it. Like I didn't sit down and learn football. It just, like I said, within my lifetime, it just was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't remember ever having someone sit down and say, okay, you have four tries to go 10 yards. Like, that never (laughs) happened. It just, I grew up watching football and I grew up, you know, and obviously, you know, to get more in depth, you do have to learn and study things. But, you know, the general, it's, you know, and it's amazing to me how many people don't know the general concept of football, because to me, it's just something that was always a part of my Mm -hmm. life. I don't remember ever learning it. It was just always there.
0: Absolutely. You mentioned staying in a lane by the way. Yeah. And I really want to know more about why kickers matter. I think that uh, the general audience, especially my audience, would love to hear all about why kickers matter and how you should add a kicker superflex to all your leagues um, and sort of your expertise when it comes to kickers.
1: You know, kickers, it's funny. It's it's become cool for some reason to bash on kickers and hate kickers. And I think the thing is people people need to realize is they can be super advantageous if you actually do the work and, and play it right. I mean, you're looking at like in fan- fantasy, you know, in, in a regular standard redraft league, if you actually look at the weekly matchups, if you look at the Vegas odds, if you look at the situation, you can get somewhere between, you know, a seven and 12 point swing that you're not going to get. And, and a lot of people want to, you know, banish the kicker and add, you know, another flex. And it's like, okay, I would rather take my chances on a kicker in a good situation than like a wide receiver five. Right. I mean, and hope that they get hope that they get one ball, you know, that they can maybe do something with. It's just it's amazing to me how, you know, I think the people that are anti-kicker just don't really put enough into it to realize that it's actually, you know, if you look at the numbers, you know, I have an article on 444 and actually it premiered on Yahoo this week about debunking the randomness of kickers. And it's like if you actually look at You know, what you would, you know, for your listeners, what you really want to look at on a week to week basis, you want to look at the Vegas odds. So you want a team that's favored at home, you know, is a good thing as well. Um, You also, you know, so those are really the top two things. You want a team, you know, and the thing is, a lot of those, a lot of the top guys, right, once you get past, say, the Butker, Lutz, you know, the top four or whatever, then, you know, after that, I mean, streaming team, it, it works, you know, and you can end up in a situation where you have a kicker putting up 15 points. Whereas, like I said, you're starting a wide receiver five that that may get you three points if you know, or one point in PPR, you know, it just depends. So I really like kickers. I don't think it's as random as a lot of people think it is. And I think it just kind of became this thing to hate kickers and everyone's been on board. And I think there's those of us that actually pay attention to it and realize, hey, you know, they can actually be advantageous to you on a weekly basis. And then if you look at throughout the season, you're looking at, you know, hundred and something points over the course of a season that you can work in your favor.
0: So I'm all, like, yeah. I'm all about it. Absolutely. So I use it because it's so it's funny, right? It's like, Oh, kickers matter. You know, let's start a super flex kicker league. I do it because it's funny. And cause it's like a shtick in, in my real life fantasy leagues. I am not for banning kickers. <laughs> I, I think yeah. that that, that's not, that's one area where you're 1000% on the money. I've won several games over the last, you know, couple years, be, you know, in part because of the kicker that I chose methodically, right? Reading, researching, reading right. stuff like that you put out, reading stuff. I specifically remember when I first came across the idea of it in general, it was Sean Corner from the um, Action Network or what's it called? Uh, yeah, the Action Network. So he was basically saying something along really, really similar to what you said about like, you know, Vegas odds matter, wind matters, indoor or outdoor matters, mm-hmm. uh, historical, data matters, you know, the, like all that, all that stuff. Just So I feel like it's just as volatile, like you were saying, as a wide receiver three or four. The difference between a kicker and a wide receiver three or four is that the volatility comes at a much lower range of points, right? So you're talking a wide receiver three that might score you between, you know, anywhere between eight and what, 12 points maybe. It's just right. that a kicker might score you anywhere between you know, in that range we will we'll score you any, anywhere between like five and eight points. And so we just discredit it when in reality, how many times do you hear people lose, like people bitching and complaining that they lost on the stat correction? Well, yeah. buddy, if you would have like, if you would have had a kicker in your league, maybe you wouldn't have. And I think that's, there's so much to be said about what you just said. And I think it makes so much sense. It's common sense too. I think that, that you just run into people who the narrative is, oh, you know, yeah. it's, let's ban kickers. Let's do this, which is fine. Like I get it. You can, you can play, you know, I don't, I don't give a shit. You can play the game however you want to. It's a fake right. game in the first place. You can score it, you know, however you want to. I'm not a purist by any means, but I also think that you're being, and not new in general, but just no, people yeah. are being short sighted when they, when they say that kickers shouldn't be in fantasy leagues. I'm all over, I'm all over kickers being in fantasy yeah, leagues. i you know- because of it.
1: Yeah, and the thing is too, like when you play in say like the home leagues, right? So I'm in a couple leagues where no one pays attention to kicker, right? They they just draft one and they trot the same one out every week and I'm over there dropping, I mean, I, you know like I said, I'm getting 10, 12 point swings each week because no one else is paying attention and nobody cares, you know? They just do the kicker because they want to do the kicker and they'll just draft whoever at the start of the season and they may swap out on a bye week, but other than that, they don't pay attention to the weekly matchups or any of that. So, you know, I think obviously in industry leagues, it's different, but in your home leagues, no one pays attention. So if you have that one little, you know, any advantage helps, obviously. So that's one that you can definitely do.
0: I think it's so funny too, that especially when it comes to, um, when it comes to industry leagues, you'll get people who will rail, the analysts will rail about why kickers are, you know, are bullshit. You shouldn't have kickers, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Then They're making pretty optimal decisions when it comes <laughs> comes time for them to uh, choose it, who they're going to slide into their kicker spot. It's like, oh, that's interesting that you made a choice and it worked out for you after you did some research. I think that's funny.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And there's, you know, there's a few of us out there that, that are into the kicker thing but i would say the majority of people out there i mean i see every year you know the band the kicker thing kicks up on twitter and everyone's like if you're in a league with a kicker you should leave it you know i'm like okay <laughs> i usually i usually stay quiet and every now and then i chime in because i have to
0: so love kickers that's 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 the takeaway of what we're talking about. <laughs> yes so other, how about the other positions right so let's talk about um Sleeper, I think, in 2020 is is very, very vague term because everybody knows about everybody to a certain extent. I think it's more so like what is consensus on a certain player? I think saying, you know, consensus on player X, Y, or Z um is more accurate. What is it right or is it wrong? I think that's more of an accurate assessment than saying, oh, this person's a sleeper. Um, so what would you say for for each position? We can go through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and kicker. We're gonna hit on kicker, believe it or not. Um, I want to know somebody that you think that consensus is either too high or too low on.
1: Oh, okay. Um, everyone I have uh, prepared is on the low side. I, I didn't go that other route.
0: Oh no, no, no! I mean, it can be. <laughs> you can take it whatever direction you want. Sorry, <laughs> oh, yeah, I did no. put in their sleeper, and I know, yes. and I'm, 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 I'm throwing a curveball at you. So hey, we'll just, feel free to good. answer how you like.
1: Uh, no, that's all good. Um, quarterback wise, um, I will just throw out quickly since you said it. I'm. I'm. I feel like everyone's too high on Brady. I'm just not buying it. I'm not yep. buying that whole thing. Um. And then as far as you know, a, a sleeper. You know, air quote, whatever. Um. I. You know. I. I like Drew Locke. I mean, maybe not necessarily as a QB one, but I think he's somebody that can be a really good streamer this year. You know, if you're in a league where where you're doing that, or in Best Ball, you know, as your QB two. He's in a position. Obviously, we know he's got a ton of new weapons around him, right? And then I, I saw a little stat that I thought was interesting. That so sophomore quarterbacks who struggle in their first year typically see their points per game increase by twenty five percent in year two. So like last year, he only had thirteen point six points per game. Granted, he was in there for five games, but so I mean, I think he's in for kind of an interesting. You know, I don't want to say breakout, but you know, we only like you said, we only saw five games, but what we saw was pretty good. You know, and so we. And he has some great talent around him. I think I think he's an interesting one. I think a lot of people, you know, some people are on him. Some people are concerned, obviously, about his age and the age of his weapons as well. But I think as as a QB two, um, you know, or a streamer, I think he's a good call this season.
0: And he raps Jeezy. Yeah, seen I'll him be, rap. oh
1: yeah, you gotta love. Yeah, as a person, I love him. I mean, Ranks know, but, had to
0: be adjusted once that happened. Absolutely. absolutely,
1: and I'm excited. You know, I live here in Denver, so I'm excited to watch him kind of do his thing. I oh, think that's he's, fun. He's. Uh, I think he's going to be an interesting one. And you know, the fans around here have, have struggled. I mean, ever since Peyton left, it's been pretty ugly. So, it's decided, oh man, it has it, been
0: the yeah. year of every year is like pick another tall quarterback. Oh,
1: yeah, you got Brock, you got <laughs> Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon. It was ugly, and then they brought in Flacco, which was a disaster. So a I think, and a mitigated you know, disaster. yeah, it is exciting to actually have, you know, some hope around here with that. Um, and then are you going to do them or do you want me to go through all of
0: them? No, no, no. I want, oh. I, I want to hear all from you. Okay. Who's your, who, who you got for running back
1: running back. I like Chris Thompson. I always love Chris Thompson. I'm a sucker for Chris Thompson, but I think that in his situation, obviously he has to stay healthy, but his situation in Jacksonville is kind of exciting. I mean, he joins Jay Gruden again. Right. I think his ADP, I think he's like, running back 68 right now. I mean, we're looking at, right, Fournette, they don't, you know, they're not into him, obviously, right? So I feel like Chris Thompson's going to steal. I mean, no, okay, I should should say that PPR, right? If you're playing standard, Chris Thompson is not the way to go. But I think in PPR, I think he's someone that is definitely going to outperform his you know, RB68, I think he's someone that could get a lot more work than people realize. And like I said, he does have to stay healthy. I mean, that's obviously, and that being your specialty, I don't know, um, you know, if if you know the extent of what he has going on, but he's, you know, he does get hurt quite a bit.
0: I'm not confident, but, but it could happen. So I'm not going to rule it out because I think that it all matters. It all depends on ADP. I yeah, and I think matters. yeah,
1: I think he's someone that um is, is a good guy to take a stab at late, you know, in a best ball. In redraft, I don't know that I'm taking Chris Thompson, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. But like in, in best ball, I mean all day I'll take him at the end. Because I feel like yeah. he's in a better spot than some of these even some of these rookies that, that, you know, people are kind of throwing out there at the end. Um, but I think that yeah. So and then let's move on. Wide receiver. Um this is a guy that I'm a lot of people are on, but I really like Steven Sims. Um, at his ADP, I mean, I think his ADP is like the 23rd round or something like that. But like last, yeah, I mean, last year, the final four games, he averaged nine targets a game. He is supposed to be the slot guy in Washington. So, I mean, obviously there's, you know, the quarterback is not the strongest there. Um, but I feel like if both him and Haskins can make that leap the next year, I think he's someone that's really cheap right now. That would be, um, he could, you know, he could definitely outperform where he's being drafted. What about tight end? The tight end, you know, I have a few, but the one I kind of narrowed down to is Jack Doyle. I mean, he is like the least sexy tight end out there.
0: Um actually, <laughs> like the definition like, of yeah. least sexy. Like poster child for least sexy. I know.
1: He's he, he's not sexy at all. But, you know, you got Rivers who loves tight ends. I, I just think he's in a really good spot. I think, you know, Ebron's gone. I mean, he's got, what, Mo Cox. I, I think he's in a good spot just, you know, PPR-wise to just – Get a ton of targets. And, I mean, we really don't know exactly what Rivers have left. You know, he may have to check down quite a bit. I don't know. But I think um, Doyle's one of those guys that's just no one's really taking him, and he's always there, and he's cheap, and he's, you know, like I said, he's pretty vanilla, but I think he'll do the trick there.
0: I feel like Doyle's one of those guys that, like, if you punted, and I'm talking, you know, I'm talking you punted. Like, you went all in – and it's like the sixteenth round, <laughs> and you're looking around going, "Shit, I didn't get a tight yeah. end." I'm I'm totally down with the safe pick of of of, of Jack Doyle because he is he yeah. has always been dependable. I mean, he's a dependable tight end. He does his he job. Is. He catches what comes to him. Um, yeah, I actually don't hate that one. I really like that a lot. So yeah, um, now kickers. Actually, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go I ahead. Actually,
1: I'm, no, I was going to say kickers. I actually prepared. Um, I will say, like I like I told you earlier, I do stream kickers, so I don't really have like a sleeper as far as who to take for your you know season long because I, I yeah switch them out from week to week. But I will say, like I said, if you look at Vegas odds, which I, I looked at, you know total wins for the season, and I mean besides the top guys, right, that are already going to be taken, so you, you're looking at you know the Ravens, the Chiefs, you know. The, those are the highest, you know, the teams with the highest point total or the highest win totals projected on the season. Those guys are going to be taken. So besides them, I came up with a few. You've got Robbie Gould, right? The the 49ers are projected to win 10 and a half games. The other two that are more sleepery, you've got Stephen Hauschka and you've got uh, Boswell. So Hauschka, you're, the, the Bills are projected to win nine games and same with the uh, Steelers.
0: Bills but, are projected it, to win nine games?
1: Yes! I know, I was kind of surprised. But what? You know, they, they play in the AFC East, so, I mean, it's, you know, you're looking at, they have the Jets, and they have, yeah. you know, so and they have Miami, so, I mean, those are wins there, you know, but, yeah, there were, so, you know, and Hauschka obviously, he does play outside, and he does play in the winter at times, but, I mean, if you are looking to just blanket, okay, I need to grab someone for the whole season, those are three guys that, you know, are projected to have high win totals on their team, so... That's, Can you that, talk that's about a,
0: what do you look at? So you said you look at Vegas odds, right? Let's say you're streaming
1: mm-hmm.
0: kickers. What is yeah. your sort of rule? What are your rules of thumb when you like a kicker? How do you make that decision? What are the logistics of actually picking a kicker to stream each week?
1: The two things I the two major things I look for is going to be if the team is favored, how much they're favored, and if they're kicking at home. Those are that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um <clears throat> after that, then you'll, you know, uh, is it a dome? Is it outside the weather? But before that, my, my, the main, even before I even, you know, the short list, you know, is going to be how many points they're favored by and if they're at home and how many points are supposed to score. Obviously the, you know, their are uh, the team implied points. If you're only, if, if the team is only projected to score 19 points, eh, you know, but if the team's projected to score 31, obviously, You want to go that route because the more chances for them to kick, the more, you know, the more score they're going to get, obviously. So that's kind of in a nutshell what I do. It's you really, you want, you want high team implied totals. You want, you know, teams favored by a certain amount of points. And then you want at home, you know, I will do road kickers, but it's kind of in a pan. Like if there's nothing else, then I will. But I mean, it's just been proven over the years that for some reason uh, kickers kick better at home. You know, Dude. I will say though, Denver, you know, altitude helps a little bit. If if you're in that's a pinch it. and they're, yeah, I mean, if there's nobody else and you're kind of in a position where you're like, okay, you know, like Brandon McManus is always kind of a default when he's at home just because it's here and he just can launch him. you know, they'll give him, they'll give him a chance <laughs> to kick, Yeah, you know, they'll give him a chance to kick a 52 yarder where somewhere else, you know, they may not. So, you know, that's kind of a last resort. Like, okay, where's McManus playing? You know, if I can't find anyone else that I like. Because there are times, I mean, sometimes the best games and the best kickers are going to be the ones that are already owned, you know? And so you're kind of shuffling between the bad, you know, the ones at the bottom, and you have to pray that somebody has a really easy matchup that right.
0: way. Right. How do, do you take into consideration, um, like Reds? I had this conversation yeah. with Danny Carter, by the way, of yeah. all people. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Danny Carter um, at CD Carter13 on Twitter. Uh, literally <laughs> one of the funniest follows. In the fantasy football (laughs) world at all, like ever. Um, He is a friend of the show. I I needed to say that too. That's what he says. Um, He talked about how, for whatever reason, in 2019, the Cardinals were really bad at red zone offense and ended their drives and field goals a lot of times. Like, is there something to be said about red zone efficiency?
1: I would say probably. I mean, it's not something that I look at, but you know, what? now that you said that, it could be something in the future that I would look at. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, if yeah, they, definitely. you know, yeah. I mean, but you—they have to actually get down there too. I mean,
0: that's the thing. <laughs> also true. You know what I mean, also some of these true. offenses
1: are just not—you know—they they struggle to even get down there. Like the Browns last year. You know, everyone loves Zane Gonzalez. I'm like, they're not scoring points, people. Yeah, they're, they're not there. even getting there. Yeah.
0: I saw something about the Cardinals' pace of play about how they had they, they had like the fastest pace of play, but they all they had like the lowest points scored per drive or something like that. Like the Cardinals oh, were weird. The Cardinals yeah. were weird last year. They're yeah,
1: I mean, you know, they're always weird. I mean, I, I should <laughs> no, I seriously I feel bad yeah. for their fans. I mean, they just can't, you know, and they've had talent. I mean, like poor Larry Fitzgerald. Like he's never Oh my gonna,
0: god, father Papa you know? Papa Larry yeah. Fitzgerald has been through it all.
1: And he's never going to get a ring. He's never going to get any. I mean, have they even made the playoffs? Like, I just don't even know what they're. I just feel kind of badly for, you know, for their fans because it's kind of, you know, I don't know. I guess I've been fortunate. Like I said, I grew up in Miami and I grew up during, you know, the Merino years. And then nice. I've, been, I've been in Denver for over 20 years. So I was here. I moved to your right for the for the, the two Elway Super Bowls, and then I was here for the Manning Super Bowl. Oh, and-
0: dude, you're spoiled, so, definitely. Yeah,
1: so like for me, <laughs> I'm kind of just like I feel I feel for these teams that just have these horrible perennial, you know, basement dwellers.
0: Did you know that uh Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles in his career than drops?
1: I did not
0: know that. Isn't that insane? Or something like that? I don't know. Maybe it's not his career. Maybe it's like in the last five years or something. Um, I should probably, should have looked at my source there first. But I remember that it's something along those lines. Um, He he had more like-
1: Interesting. So his quarterbacks are throwing picks more than he's. Yeah, <laughs> oh, so true. Saying. Also true. Oh, God, that's funny.
0: Also true. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Um, any rookies for fantasy that you're interested in this year, 2020?
1: Yeah, you know it's funny. I was I was all over Antonio Gibson, and now of course you have to back out back out of that one because it's, you know he's become. But I, I really did like him, and I'm really happy I got him a lot of places in best ball, like in March and April. Because now his ADP is rising. Um, but aside from him, I like Michael Pittman Jr. I'm a fan. I think that he's in a really good spot in Indy. I think that he's got a pretty clear path to targets. You know, they haven't had – you know, they're similar to the Saints, right, where they haven't had a wide receiver two in forever. And so they may actually finally have one. And speaking of drops, Pittman only dropped five of 245 targets in college. Holy shit. Yeah. That's um, not a I'd lot. I'd say that's good. So- Yeah,
0: yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. So,
1: you know, there's also that, uh, you know, Frank Reich, you know, compared him to Vincent Jackson, right? So Mm. we got the, we got that thing with Philip Rivers. Um, So yeah, I think, I think, you know, obviously he's not someone to like reach for or grab early, but I think he's a rookie that isn't, you know, he's kind of getting lost in in all the other guys. You know, you you mentioned
0: Rivers a couple of times and I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I think that, I think that Philip Rivers is washed. But at the same yeah. time, I'm like super excited for Paris Campbell <laughs> And so uh, it can't I be see. both.
1: No it uh, can't be both. I mean he can be serviceable like that's the thing. there's washed and then the, you know like he can still be like for example last year right Tom Brady was you know the definition I mean he was horrible last year, but that he mm-hmm. still produced I mean Julian Edelman, I don't know I don't remember where he ended, but he you know he had a pretty decent season. Fantasy wise, So I think you can maybe not be what you were, you know, at one point in your life, but I think you can still produce. I mean, look, <laughs> this has nothing to do with Wash, but last year, Jameis, I mean, you know, he was horrible, but yet he won me two championships because of his, you know, fantasy miss. So <laughs> you know, we all know fantasy is a whole different world I mean, yeah, you know, you had Bortles who was horrendous, but yet for fantasy wise with his garbage time, he was phenomenal. So I think Rivers, I think could end up being serviceable. I'm certainly not targeting him himself. I did just draft him earlier this afternoon in this, you know, as my QB two because I was down. There were like three starters left, and I had to get one. Um, and I think he, I think he'll be fine. I mean, I, I'm not like excited about Rivers, but I think he, I think he'll be fine. And I am excited about Pittman, you know, this year and the future. I mean, I don't play Dynasty, so. I uh, am. This is wonderful that this is a pod that is not Dynasty. Because (laughs) seriously, the last three pods that people have asked me to come on are Dynasty. I'm like, you guys realize I do not play Dynasty. Like it's a choice. I do not do it. I don't want to do it. I don't have time in my life to do it.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of work. Uh,
1: It's just you know, and especially like this is my job. So it's like the last thing I want to do after the Super Bowl is start trading and talking. (laughs) I need a freaking. I can't do this. Like I just laugh at people that. All of a sudden, like the day after, on Twitter they're talking about trades, and, and I'm like, "Oh my god, people! You don't you need to take a break from football." My Lord. Yeah,
0: no joke, no joke but, there. Um,
1: but anyway, yeah, no. Um, another guy I like is Swift. I will say it's a little bit of a Homer bias. I went to University of Georgia. I love Swift. I watched every game you played in college. So a little bias. It, it's a, it's a <laughs> lot of bias, um, and I don't pretend. Like I am a full on UGA Homer. I love almost every UGA player in the league. Um, I won't, you know, go out of my way to draft him. I'm not, you know, but at the same time, uh, I, I do, I, am definitely a homer, but I do like Swift. I think he definitely has a three down skill set. You know, I don't think that the lions, you know, I don't think they trust carry on obviously because they drafted him. So, you know, I think it'll be a committee per se, but I do like him and I like his talent.
0: Yeah. I think that carry on has been weird in the sense that on top of being injured, He's never he like he's the first player, in, in in my memory, right? In my in my adult memory, a first running back professional that says, um, "Yeah, you know what? I'm actually not really a bell cow. I'm actually not really a guy that should take the whole load. I need somebody to share it with me." That's just bizarre. You just don't see that out of a pro no, athlete, right? No, it's usually weird.
1: They, yeah, usually they kind of over. Extend themselves where they think they're somebody that they're not. <laughs> yeah,
0: which maybe it's, maybe we should, we should look at it as humility. I don't know, but
1: yeah, no, either way, I mean, it's, it was know. a little
0: bizarre when I saw that. Yeah, he said, he said be, it a couple times.
1: Interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to kind of see how that backfield shakes out. I, 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 I will say, I, you know, I hate to say that I like the lions this year because I know that every time we do that, it just, it ends up being a disaster just because they are the lions, <laughs> but once again, back to my Homerism, I love Stafford. So, you know, you've got that, you know, UGA combo of him and, and Swift, which I, I like. And they, there's a lot of talent on that team. Unfortunately, they have Matt Patricia, which is kind of a disaster. So,
0: he's, he's a walking disaster.
1: <laughs> he really is. Like, I, I mean, how do you fuck up a team that badly? You know what I mean? Like, there's really good players. They have good They have talent.
0: Ball. Yeah. They really yeah. do. On both They're like sides the Cowboys. Like to a certain extent somehow
1: they're just not uh they're not you know they're not getting it done
0: how about oh sorry go ahead go ahead no you go ahead i didn't want to interrupt you um so you mentioned swift yes you mentioned Pittman. i did anybody else
1: um not that like stands out fantasy wise that i have to draft i mean i you know i've been taking judy at times you know in the right spot just because we don't really know what's going to happen there I like, uh, you know, uh, I've been I'm warming up to Acres. I wasn't super into him. I've been warming up a little bit. I've been taking him here and there, you know. Um, hmm, who else is there? I like Evans later on. He's kind of intriguing, you know. Now that Deion mm-hmm. Lewis, now that Deion Lewis is gone, you've got just Derrick Henry and him. So you know, he has to get. I assume he's going to get some kind of work.
0: Right. He'll have to if they keep feeding Henry the way that they do.
1: Yeah. I mean, of course, you know the, the usual suspects: Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Oh yeah, um,
0: everybody loved him. You know, putting me.
1: I I didn't have I I really I wasn't drafting him at all. Um, I I now I just drafted him for the very first time in. Um, are you in the? It's called uh, Drafting with Giants. Are you in that by any
0: chance? Mm-mm, I'm not.
1: It's kind of like a Scott Fishbowl. It's like a Scott Fishbowl ripoff, to be completely honest. With you. It's, it's fun. There's like 600 people. There's there's a lot of good industry people. I mean, it's fun, and the scoring is crazy. You get return yards, so like people, someone drafted oh, nice. someone drafted McCall Hardman in the first round. Like it's just, weird, <laughs> you know, it's it's that kind of thing. Right. And, and so I did. He fell to me at like two five, and I was like, you know what? I'm never going to get him anywhere near here again. So I just took him, just because you know it was kind of right after. Uh, Williams opted out, and I think he just kind of slid because he was lower in the, you know, on the rankings, like on the chart. Right, right, People right. Just forgot about him, and I was like, he's there at two five. I'm just going to take him, but um, it should be interesting. I mean, he has, you know, he has all the opportunity in the world. I mean, I didn't, you know, I'm not a film person, so I did have not, I, you know, I can't say that I know much about him other than what I've read.
0: So. I think he's, yeah, I think he's, uh, I mean, he's got really no choice, right? I mean, he's the t- most mm-hmm. talented guy automatically, but, but you know, when he gets there. He's the youngest guy. Um, Darwin Thompson hasn't shown to do much of anything, hasn't been able to show up, unfortunately. So I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be really good. If you got him at the 2.05, I'd, I'd be happy with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I know he's going, I mean, he's going in, you know, like one five, one six now. So I think that, yeah, I don't know that I'll be having much of him for the rest of this season, but I'm excited just as a fan, you know, just to watch and kind of see mm-hmm. what he does. And uh, same with Jonathan Taylor. I'm definitely excited to see how that goes. He's, you know, his ADP, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of was all over the place. I don't know where it's settled if he's, what, a fourth rounder now or maybe a third rounder. I'm not even sure, but.
0: I'm not sure either, yeah.
1: Uh, I think we've covered a lot of the rookies, huh? Yep, you did. I can't even, yeah.
0: How about your NFC and AFC championship champions?
1: You know, it was interesting when I saw that. I was like, ooh, I actually have to think of that already. Um, I have come up with – I went with Saints for NFC and I went with Ravens for AFC. Ooh. With, this, with the Saints winning. I just feel like – I feel like it's their time. I don't know. I feel like he needs to get one more before he goes. And I feel like he's. they've been so close. You know, and they, they have – you know, they, they have, you know, they have a lot of talent on both sides. I feel like they're in a position that it's kind of now or never. So I feel like if I, if I say it, maybe it'll happen just for their, you know, <laughs> I mean, I just think, you know, I think, I don't know. I think, I think the talent is there and I think they, between, you know, all the way up from the coaching all the way down. It,
0: no Chiefs, huh?
1: I Yeah. I mean, I like the Chiefs. I don't know. I don't know if they can repeat, but I do like them. It depends on the defense. I mean, they got kind of, I don't want to say they got lucky last year, but I feel like you know, their defense wasn't fantastic. So I feel like they, you know, I'm not, and honestly I'm not even sure what, what improvements they've made. But I think living in Denver, it's kind of a hard thing to even say the Chiefs. But I don't even know. <laughs> but, I know, but it's funny, like I'm not even really, I mean, I like the Broncos, but I'm not like a Bronco fan. You know, like I don't, right. I have no problem taking Chiefs on my fantasy team. I have, you know, in fact, it's funny. I'm in a home league here and it's, you know, everyone is has a really hard time draft. you know, like, Raiders, Chiefs—they won't do it, and so I'm, I'll scoop them all up. You know, I yeah, why not, right? I have no, yeah, no affiliations there. Um, but the Chiefs, you know, I listen. I like Mahomes. I like some of the moving parts, but you know, it's hard. Tyreek Hill is a. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. It's hard to root for him.
0: Yeah. Um, absolutely. I,
1: I will take him every now and again. I try not to, but sometimes I do just because. Yeah,
0: right? It's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's so hard. It's like I know. It, uh, it's... It's a conversation to the conflict every time.
1: Yeah, and same with like Kareem Hunt. I did the same mm-hmm. thing. I'm like, do I, am I going to take this guy? And I'm not. And I'm like, you have to not play with your head, you know, or your heart. You have to kind of, you know. Yep. That whole thing.
0: Absolutely. What's going to be the final score of the Super Bowl? Saints win. 20... What's going to score? Saints win 27-24 all right writing it down it's not yeah. going away i'm holding you to that sweet what's the final what's a final band-aid of advice right on the injury prone fantasy football podcast we give out band-aids of advice um it can what? relate to sports fans football the community's whole what's a band-aid of advice that the jennifer eakins has for the rest of the world
1: god i don't even know like i yeah when i saw that i was like what is, i don't even know what he means by that um I have nothing written down, so it's going to have to come from somewhere. I, I don't know. I mean, advice for the world. I mean, that's so heavy.
0: I, <laughs> Any you know, advice? How about we can stick to the fantasy football? I, know
1: what I will say though, I will get heavy for a second because I unfortunately I had I, I had a loss today. Um, well, first of all, my, my father passed away on New Year's Day, which was you know the the horrendous start to to what has been a horrendous twenty twenty for the world. I'm sorry really. to hear that yeah so that happened on on new year's day it was my father and then um today my uncle passed away who was my father's brother just eight months later um and it's just it's brutal it's so hard and so really my 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 band David advice is to and it's so cliche but like talk to your parents you know hug your loved ones all that stuff because like my dad my dad was older um but we thought we had more time. And then, and I also, in your brain, you think you're ready. And then all of a sudden, he's just gone. And it's crazy to think that somebody that was there every day, every minute of my whole life is, is no longer. And so like even, yeah, I mean, t- yeah, talk to your loved ones. Make sure you check in, all
0: that stuff. It's totally cliche, but do it. No, not cliche. It's, uh, I think it's really applicable advice. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the most simple advice maybe we might think of is not always the advice that you know, we may or may not take ourselves. So no, there's no, that's why I wanted to leave it open <laughs> to interpretation. So yeah. I think that's really great. Thanks again, Jennifer, for coming on, chatting with me, explaining why kickers matter, explaining all of the kicker minutiae. Cause I think it's important. <laughs> and it, It's a legitimately important conversation to have. Um, I think it's a funny conversation to have, but also there's like legitimacy behind it. Yeah. So appreciate you coming on. Uh, make sure you follow Jennifer. Uh, at the mom the Monday mommy she um, is a good follow she is four for four editor she will tell you all you need to know about all things fantasy football related thanks for coming on we will catch everybody next time